Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I will be joined by Terry Kemper this morning. He was away last week, a little trip away, showing a little, little rest. And also we have Myrna Pierman, um, our bird, a bird guru from Chin Ridge Seed Company. She's going to be giving us a call. And uh, we're going to chat with her around 9.30 um, for a little bit. She's going to let us know what to do with our birds and for our birds in the wintertime and making sure that we uh, give them a little bit of uh, a little bit of nourishment and get them through the winter because they need a little extra help here and there. So Myrna's going to let us know what we can do and, uh, and do that for sure. That would be great. Um, and I believe Terry's on the line. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? I am doing real good. How are you? Good, good. A little bit of snow. I, did you end up going up to Edmonton as well this week? or? I did do that as well, yes. So, uh, How's the snow up there? Did they get much? or? Not as much. No, there's a little bit. Um, but uh, we got it uh, far worse than they did. So, but, Okay, yeah, yeah, to... I was up there. I was up there last week, and they had nothing like us as well. So usually when you go to Edmonton and... November, December, they usually had like yeah. a couple feet piled up. So, yeah. but I'm sure it's on its way. It always, uh, and I was saying that I know they were predicting just a little skiff. I go, and uh, always it seems after we get that really warm day on Wednesday, it was pretty warm. We were driving back from uh, from Edmonton, and I and I said to who we're driving with, I go, I, I think we're gonna get hit. It it always it gets warm and you get that warm and it hits the cold and it uh, all of a sudden it's a fair bit of snow so and it was good heavy wet snow so it's it, it's actually really good for our plants and I'm trying to be optimistic because it's going to be warm after a bit warm today plus four so a little melting then a little bit it's not going to go quite as warm there was the Environment Canada was saying. Um, 18 degrees at one time last week now they're saying eight or nine degrees so so we'll probably see a bit of melting terry so right i'm i'm okay with that it'll melt nicely into the ground one last time and then freeze after that and then there's is, gonna be yeah. some good moisture in the ground and then hopefully get some snow and uh and then get over the holiday season get a little bit of snow for the rest of the winter and we should be good to go yeah it's uh nice hopefully. to have a little white out there with christmas around the corner so it is you know we had the we had the reindeer yesterday santa came in so he was happy because when he brought his sleigh flying in it's a little easier for him to land um than on the gravel or in the parking lot (laughs) so it was uh he flew in there he had some snow could just get in nicely and uh land his land the sleigh and the reindeer there's a couple of them man they had some big they have some big racks so if you want to come by and see Santa and the reindeer, and actually Elsa um, hitched a ride. She's Elsa coming down too. today as well. Yeah, so Elsa is uh, in the house as well today. So if you want to come by and say hi to Elsa and get a picture and and or a picture outside with uh, Santa and one of the reindeer, we have that going on today. And uh, so, yeah, so stop by and... Uh, and do that for that and we do have a professional photographer it is forty dollars and you get to keep the photos we send the file to you he takes about three or four shots typically 
and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good, and you get some pretty nice looking photos, and uh, the reindeer looking really good. Like I said, one of them this the rack on them you can barely fit in. We have a tent set up outside where we have the sleigh, and and uh, he can barely fit through the through the the <laughs> awning of it. He's wow. just yeah, he's a bit of a monster. So he's sort of the, the, the he must be who is the who's the who's that donner or something the big who's the big boss of the reindeer i can't remember from the reindeer rudolph <laughs> the red deer usually <laughs> one of them is the big daddy anyways he's down there at spruce it up so even if you don't want to do the pictures you're more than welcome to come down and and see, visit with the reindeers we have a few snacks and hot chocolate um there as well i think from our friends over at uh, tim hortons they supplied some hot chocolate and then our friends and our neighbors in the legacy Sobies um, provided uh, some cupcakes and stuff like that. So um, we'll have that out today. So um, come buy cookies and some cupcakes and uh, and reindeer. That doesn't get much better than that, right? Does not at all. No, it's it's actually a really fun event and it's got such a good vibe to it. So, like you said, even if you're not taking a picture with Santa, um, it's. Uh, it's fun just to come down, bring the kids down, and, and see the reindeer, and yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed being it without even without my kids. They were one of them was working, the other <laughs> one was out skiing. So I actually enjoy, I kind of enjoyed just being there without them. It was kind of nice. Uh, and it, it is it, it is it's kind of fun because you get the families. Um, we had one family dressed up as Christmas trees. They had the fleece Christmas tree outfits. We had the pajama family. Um, there, and there was all kinds of different, uh, people dress up nice for their Christmas photos. And, uh, and a friend of, uh, friend of our family, R- Roger Engel and, uh, his family, they came out for a visit. So nice to see him. They were all the way from up in Didsbury. So it was nice to see, uh, the Roger and that down and they got a nice photo with the family. So anyways, great to see a bunch of people out and, uh, yeah. I ended up going to the hockey game and that wasn't that good. So we had a good first period. They played opposite what they were doing. Maybe the afternoon messed them up. They had a good for a first period and then they, they caved in the third. So <laughs> anyways, who knows what they're doing out there. So um, as far as gardening, Terry, um, it's a good time to start looking at your trees and shrubs, obviously um, for pruning, things like that, thinning out, you can really see the structure of your trees. Um, I dropped off a Christmas tree at a customer's home up in Cranston, and uh, they they have a, a lot of trees in this lot, Terry, and they have some espaliers. And I took a few pictures. I'm going to send our note. There's some of the we need to get our. We always go in there. I think it's every year and a half, two years. We go and visit her because they grow like crazy. She's on the fertilizer program and the pruning, and uh, so. But she's ready for a little touch up. A little bit of overgrowth, time to thin out a few things, a little bit of black knot, a couple little areas. So, but uh, trees are looking pretty good um, everywhere, and uh, as long as they get watered in a bit, we should be should be good to go. Planted my garlic, and the and the birds stopped chewing them out, so I'm hoping to see those pop up in the spring, Terry. So. I haven't, yeah, I've, I've never done garlic before, so I, we planted about 50 garlic, so we'll see. Hopefully, they came up in our raised bed. Oh, nice. And Yeah. I'm, and, I'm grateful for this this uh, 
the snow that we have now because hopefully that ground freezes a little bit and squirrels stop digging out all my bulbs. So, um, yeah, they they like that, don't they? Yeah, every time I go out in the garden, I, I always I, find a few more holes that they've gone after. So, <clears throat> and it's my bad. I mean, I could have done some things. I probably could have put some blood meal on them or or some chicken wire over them, but I didn't. So anyway, I'm paying the price. We but, have this uh, little squirrel. He he was when my wife's um, uh, florist as well. So she made a couple outdoor arrangements and she made these cool birch sticks and she makes these little gnomes on top of the birch sticks and this squirrels and Carolyn's got a picture. She filmed it for about three minutes. It's chewing the face off our gnome. He's, he's hanging on top of the, he's on top of the birch stick, eating the face out of this gnome. I think he takes it up and for uses the fur or whatever off the gnome. But he's just, just gnawing on his face. And it's, uh, I'm just like, man, oh man. But she's right, right beside it because like, she's on the inside of the house. It's right by right. one of the windows. So she was able to film it. It didn't care. It was uh, Chippy's was just chewing away at this gnome's face. So anyways, we'll see what that looks like after that. He's probably, he's going to be a faceless gnome. So. <laughs> and, and another thing you don't try to do is another thing, my wife, Carolyn, she uh, loves the little critters, right? So she makes a little, she goes, oh, I made them a little house. And I said, oh, yeah, how's that going? <laughs> well, he ripped it apart on her. So he takes all the stuff out that takes it up to his own nest. So I said, I don't think we need to make him a house. I think he'll, he he doesn't know what you're doing, and he, he I don't think he appreciates it a whole lot. So anyways, yeah. And you kill him with kindness, I think, sometimes, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. Um, if you'd like to join Terry and I on the phone lines, um, 403-974-8255, we will talk a little um, gardening. Um, I did see an interesting post, and I'd like to try it for poinsettias, Terry, um, um, and, and to make cut flowers out of them. So what they do, they take a few of the stems off, and they burn the end, sort of like to seal it. Okay. And they and they say it'll last for weeks, like as a as a fresh cut flower like that. You just uh, if you break off a couple stems, you get the nice nice red bracts. Interesting. Of yeah. the poinsettia, and then you just burn the end like with a lighter, or whatever. Like the part where you break it off closest right. to the with the glue comes out, with the white stuff comes out, because they're very sticky. They kind of get that white glue. They're similar to uh, um, the Benjamin. Uh, fig tree they bleed like that they get that white glue but the <clears throat> the poinsettia has that so yeah did, they just watch this burn it so I'd be interested to try it because then she just makes a a floral arrangement out of a few things and she says it lasts for weeks doing it that way so anyway so if you happen to get uh, one of your poinsettia branches because they do break off pretty easy so if you uh, if you do get one that breaks off or you want to try it um, let me know how that goes. That's a kind of interesting uh, way of, of doing a little. Because the, the poinsettia color is beautiful. Like it is, when you get the pure red, like I'm a traditionalist. I'm not a big fan of some of the other other colors. I, I, like, the, I like the pure red, the whites, and, and some of the pink is pretty nice. But uh, getting some of the weird ones, I'm not as big a fan myself. But some of them are very, like there's probably 50 varieties of uh, poinsettias out there now that uh people have hybrid and make different things so 
Anyways. Yeah, I like the red, <laughs> a, too. You can't, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, you can kind of get that bright color. It, yeah. Yeah, you get that bright color in the house. It, it definitely screams Christmas. You have that and the mandarin oranges and uh, some nuts and bolts. And, hey, pretty much got Christmas wrapped up right there. That's all you need. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'd love to hear from you, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I got Terry Kemper with me. Morning, Terry. Good morning. <laughs> you ready for the day or what? Are you are uh, you coming down for some pictures or are you going to stay yeah, away? Yeah, I might pop by and come see Santa for a little bit. Yeah, come sit in his knee, see if he can get you that. Uh... Bring my wish list. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was a there was a there was a a website that said check and see if you're naughty or nice, and everybody <laughs> every whose ever name you types in, it always comes up naughty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the nice uh, ones are hard to find, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, you just had a great picture from Tina. She had a, a greenhouse tour. Um, it's probably DeVry, I would say, down in Lethbridge area. Um, but just mountains or miles and miles of red poinsettias. And I remember seeing that uh, this earlier this year when we were down in uh, in Vancouver area, Abbotsford, where a couple of our growers are as well. And they had uh, mountains and mountains of uh, a point set is lined up. And we were up in Red Deer when we stopped in at the bluegrass up in Red Deer. They, yeah. had, uh, they had a nice crop of, uh, of poinsettias up there as well. Yeah, so they're fun to see there. on mass like that. Like just, you know, tables and tables of uh, poinsettias. It's, it's pretty cool. If you yeah, ever get that opportunity. Yeah, they're... Um, they're a hard one to go. People don't realize, like, you have to Perfect, plant yeah. them. You have to start them in, like, August. There's some work involved. <clears> so, yeah, and then this, the lighting, they need that that light and dark, light and dark, light and dark. Otherwise, you won't get the color come out of them. Um, hey, Terry, we got a question here for you. It says, good morning, gentlemen. And that must be us. I purchased two lemongrass plants at your place this year. They did very well this summer. I brought them in the garage over winter, but they look dead now. Will it come back in the spring? What should I do? And that's from Pierre Marlowe. What are your thoughts on that? Looks like they're in a pot. Looks like there's a little bit of greenery. Um, I think those will should typically go a little bit dormant too. Or what are your thoughts, Siri? Yeah, I mean they're 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 not going to you know look like they did in the summer right now. So, but uh, I would uh, <clears throat> keep that in the garage. Um, and probably uh, keep an eye on it just for, for water. You don't want that to dry out. Um, you don't want to, you know, saturate it once a week, but I would I'd probably, um, if anything, help it along, maybe um, throw it in an old cardboard box or something like that, throw it in the corner, just give it a little bit of protection, and then just keep an eye on it for, 
for going dry. Yeah, that's the biggest thing too. If it just dries out a little bit too much, then that's yeah. not that good, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's good if we can just try and but keep it in a cool, dark place, um, and it, and it should uh, it should be fine. I'm not sure if it was a heated garage, because um, it it does it it can take lemongrass. Would it should it is it a zone? What zone would that be? I'm probably not sure what zone that is actually. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Well, well, we sell it as grass. I just don't know if we sell it as a annual. Um. Usually have that at the Vietnamese place. Um, yeah, so I think it's I've more grown myself, but I do know for for other herbs and stuff um, <clears throat> that uh, I've wintered over or seen wintered over. Uh, that's yeah. how they do do best. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's a zone nine, so we're selling that as a annual. <clears throat> yeah, and, and and to be honest, some of those things are are just I've tried to carry a few things over. Um, different things over the years and more often than not i find it's just um turned into more work than just um starting with new plants in the spring yeah so what i would do maybe or um what i think i would do pierre on that one is is clean out any of the dead a bit and maybe i'd treat it a bit more like a house plant like trying maybe i wouldn't put that in the darkest coolest spot i was sort of thinking um the lemongrass was a little bit hardier but I would definitely, I think, probably keep it a little bit more on the warmer side. You do have some life in there. So I would, uh, yeah, and, and just keep it, don't keep it wet like Terry was saying, but give it probably water every couple of weeks. Um, ensure it's getting some light. But I'd remove a bunch of that dead stuff that you have in there now, maybe cut it back a bit. Um, they don't mind growing back up from the bottom and uh, and giving a little bit of light. And, uh, yeah, you should, uh, it should be okay. Yeah, it's a, he just uh, replied back. It is a heated garage. So, yeah, yeah so just so. try and get it in a little bit more light, Pierre. You might as well just try to keep it like a house plant. then, I think, eh, hey, Ter? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and there are um, – there's some great – if you have a garage, say, that doesn't have uh, a window or natural light, um, there's some great <clears throat> products on the market um, that are um, quite reasonably priced that you can introduce some um, – <clears throat> like an LED plant light as well. Yeah, we have some of those full-spectrum bulbs. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. And uh, and you can get one of them, the little kit that you can just hang over top of that for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good idea. Add some a little bit of lighting to that. And uh, and if you have a couple other things in the pier, maybe start a couple of tomatoes, maybe a couple other herbs um, throughout the winter. If you're going to light it up, you might as well add a little bit more, eh? Get a little bit going there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and we got a, and I always enjoy that one, Graham Bond. He he sends a lot of pictures into the Global Morning News, and he just shared a gorgeous picture. He says, good morning, Em. Thank you for your good advice on Christmas cactus. Move it back away from the south window. Blooms galore. It's already looking better. Awesome. Glad that helped. And this photo was taken this morning at 9 a.m. in Griffith Woods. And have a Merry Christmas. You as well. Thanks. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, his pictures, like, are always unbelievable. Like that one, you could uh, you could frame it. It's a, it's a gorgeous picture. <laughs> I think I might save that one onto my screen because it does look so good. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful picture. So, anyways, we got to take a break here. 
When we get back, we're going to chat with Myrna Pierman. She's going to let us know what to do with our birds. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper, and I'm here with Myrna Pierman as well. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. Um, how are you? Great. Nice frosty morning. The chickadees are busy. Woodpeckers are busy. Everybody's busy trying to get enough to eat here these days. Yeah, my um, blue jays have taken off. I haven't seen them for a bit. They were they were a pretty steady stream at my house for quite a long time, and uh, the red colored doves have taken off. So, okay, like the Eurasian so, colored doves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. had those all summer long, but they've seemed to be uh, have flew south. Which, if I had that ability, I would do that as well. So. <laughs> yeah, although blue jays so, and collared doves do stay here over the winter, but okay. yeah, the blue jays really flock up uh, in the fall in in these groups, and then yeah. But if you put out peanuts, they generally will be able yeah, to maybe those peanuts I'm, and show up. Yeah, maybe because I'm not sitting outside. That's that was we had a routine every morning. I'd be out there having my coffee and right, and I'd put a couple of peanuts right beside me, and they'd fly right beside me, yeah. grab them. <laughs> they it's would do that incredible. For an hour I don't so. know how blue jays have this sixth sense for peanuts. I swear. Oh no, you can, no Yeah, they see around. it from a for a mile, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. At least, yeah, you put a few peanuts out, and in they come. <clears throat> Um, I have a quick question. You 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 said you, you were going to try and come out last week, I think it was, but um, you had an opportunity to go see, and I can't remember, was it pelicans or? Pooping cranes? What were you, yeah, the, some sort of cranes or what What? What did you, you, you got to go on some special trip to look at some birds. Maybe share uh, with us if you don't mind. Yes, sure. So actually, I ended up going down to Corpus Christi to see the overwintering area of the our whooping cranes, you know, that nest up in wood buffalo. So that was pretty incredible to see them right up close. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, lots. Is there is there a large population down there? Yeah, it's it's increased. I think there's now about 700 birds. I mean, there at one time less than 30. So it is a real success story on how they've been able to bring the whooping crane back from the brink of okay. extinction. And do we are they in? Do we have them up here? Do they come up into the Calgary area as well? No, no, no. Once in a while, you will see them flying over. I have seen them on occasion uh, on migration, and once in a while, one will show up. There was one way west to Rimby many years ago. There was one by Pinoka, but generally, their migration route takes them. A past a little town in central Saskatchewan called Marcelin, north of Saskatoon. And so there's some ancestral overwintering uh, feeding stops. So people go every September out to this area and you can see them from the road. They're very skittish, so you can't get to see, it's not possible to see them up close generally. But that was a beautiful thing on this trip down in Corpus Christi because you can just get on a little boat and just putter up right beside them they're very tame when they're down there okay nice but we do we have some other there is some a few different kinds of cranes that we get up here isn't there yeah. ones that look like cranes uh yes we have the sandhill crane which nests yeah, okay. out in the west country and generally migrates over farther to the east 
and you know in the crane family of the great blue heron they're they're related they're very common but yeah our typical crane here is the sandhill crane in alberta yeah we get lots of those gray herons down by spruce it up as well um uh, they look like it especially when you see the silhouette they look like a pterodactyl flying across the sky like some yeah, of the larger yeah, ones really it looks like a big pterodactyl they're yeah. pretty cool yeah they're so, very ungainly yeah pretty awesome uh so as we're uh, heading into winter we we have our our fine feathered friends what are some of the things we should be doing for them at this time of year well all wildlife needs you know they need habitat so they need space within which they can find food water and shelter and so it's easy to attract them into our yards right now by offering supplemental food so typically seeds like sunflower seeds whole shelled or unshelled peanuts as we talked about and then yep. suet so basically those are the kind of three food groups that you should offer the birds and it's they pretty much set up their winter territories now uh, but that doesn't mean that if you don't start feeding right now, they won't show up. So birds have large winter territories that they explore. They never just have a small territory. They never set up their winter territory around your bird feeding station, for example. That wouldn't make any oh. sense. Yeah. So they have large winter territories. So if you start feeding now, chances are, you know, as they're exploring their territory, somebody will discover your bird feeders and, and come in and grace you with their presence for the rest of the winter. Yeah, they and what about water, snow, or yes, what, what so, else should we? Yeah, so water is important, um, and I think that water is critically important during the late fall when we have the situations where there's no snow but everything's frozen. So birds can eat snow. Our winter birds are well adapted to eat snow, uh, but putting out a bird bath, a heated bird bath, will of course bring them in. It takes way less energy to just take a drink of water and have that water go into their system than to eat snow, which then they have to burn up energy to have it thaw so that they can yeah. use it. And so it is, yeah, a, a bird bath. You can get heated bird baths. I imagine you sell them. Or you can even just get a heated dog dish, put a big rock in it because they're usually pretty deep. And the birds will come in and avail themselves of the water for sure. And then shelter is important too. And, of course, conditions in Alberta in the winter can be pretty challenging. And so things like spruce trees, pine trees are used at night when they'll go in and, and seek shelter to get out, especially get out of the wind. And thick shrubbery is important, too. So we can, you know, basically the birds can find their own shelter, but you will be more likely to have them around your yard if you have these nice thick trees cedars, junipers, any of the coniferous trees provide really good shelter, especially during really cold weather. Yeah, they do love the spruce trees. I know I, I'm fortunate I got um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, some larger spruce trees in my yard and uh, yeah, the birds, that's like those um, those doves I was talking about, they typically fly from my one neighbor, he's a couple doors over, they fly between his spruce trees and mine. Oh and yeah, the Eurasian colored doves. Yeah. Yeah. And they always fly together for the most part. They seem like they're a pretty yeah, they're little pretty tight couple. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they follow yeah, yeah. each other. One will fly, the one's right behind them. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, like you said, they do love the evergreens for that, that shelter as well. Yeah. 
especially at night. We don't always see them go in, but we but it's it's true that they they do need to find they need to get out of the wind, especially on cold nights. So yeah, those evergreens are very important. Okay, and Brad was asking about the siskins. Have you? He said he hasn't seen any this year. Yeah. Um, well, I so siskins are like crossbills and other winter finches. They are eruptive, which means they basically go where there's food. And so they will follow the natural cone crops or birch trees if there's a good cone crop on the birch trees. And so they they aren't like chickadees that just set up a territory and stay. They're wanderers. I have seen pine siskins for the last several months here at my place on occasion. So they just come through, there'll be one or there'll be five and they'll stay for a bit and then they leave. A few years ago, I had like 95 that stayed here for two months. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can just, these winter finches are just, they're random. They could show up. A lot of people are seeing pine grosbeaks, which are the large reddish grosbeak, and they seem to be arriving now in central Alberta and lots of people have them in their feeding stations. But they may not have seen them at all last year. Okay. And then the cedar waxwings, I always wonder, are, there, are we still a bit early for them to come through? No, but, well, not the cedars. So the cedars have long migrated away. So the cedars are okay. our summer waxwings, yeah. And then the bohemians, yes, are okay. here in large numbers. Lots yeah, of people they are love reporting the, the... They love the mountain ash. Yes, mountain ash or any small ornamental, like cherry trees or apple trees. They'll Catoniasters, they love catoniasters too. But mountain ash, yes. They really do love mountain ash berries. Yeah, I, I remember seeing them quite a bit <clears throat> in some of the older neighborhoods. You definitely get them when they fly in like crazy, and they'll flock like just thousands of them, and they come in, swarm yeah. a tree, strip it of all the berries, and then off to the next one. Yeah, so, yeah and it's very yeah, it's, interesting because, um, and you could probably tell me what year mountain ash trees were like in vogue to plant in suburban backyards so there'd be all of these developments and probably in the like 70s or 80s yeah. and so in urban areas across alberta we have thousands of mountain ash trees which brought in the cedar or the bohemian waxlings for the winter which ironically brought in the merlins which preyed on them and now oh, okay. Merlin, there's so many bohemian waxlings around that Merlins don't even migrate anymore. They're just like, wow, I have this good food source between bohemian waxlings and house sparrows all winter long. So I'm now Merlins anywhere. are year-round residents in Alberta because of mountain awesome. ash trees, basically. Wow. Awesome. There we go. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we get back, we'll continue to chat um, with Myrna on, on birds and uh, if you have anything else you can join us 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Earl coombs and i'm here with myrna pierman and we have terry kemper in the background Probably answering a couple of texts. I do have a text here about birds, Myrna. Uh -huh. It says, just a question for you both, because we're talking about birds. My yard is full of all sorts of, of trees, or all sorts, of trees of all sorts. Okay, sorry. And I do get indentation of birds in my spruce. I'm wondering, does their poop hurt the trees? Because sometimes I look up and it's covered. That's from Shauna. Um... Bird poop on the trees, I don't think no. it's going to really hurt them. 
No, it should not. There's not the quantity uh, of any birds in this area that could cause damage. No, and when we don't you have the huge big, seagulls or something like yeah, that. And that a rookery of great blue herons piece. that, you know, around a bald eagle's nest or raven's nest where they absolutely cover everything, there's a chance of causing damage. But typical backyard birds, there shouldn't be a problem. No, you should be good. And, and Shauna, every so often, if you even just want to, and it's always good to do that with your spruce trees or any of the trees is the give a little hose off once in a while and knock some of that off. That doesn't hurt as well. But right. yeah, for the amount of birds that we're going to get. But I, I did watch a video the other day. Someone put some, and you won't want to hear this one. They put some laxative in some food and, and the oh. seagulls were dropping poop bombs all over the beach. It oh, was a bad tree. video. Yeah, not good yeah. to do that with your birds. So no, don't, no. don't do that. No, not, um, not at all. Um, actually, and you want to mention, we, we have a, we did get the seed logs in and they've actually been going quite good for, for, um, for your bird friends. If you have a bird person in your life that they make a good Christmas gift. So what's, what do you, what are you thinking yeah. about the, the, the seed logs? Why are they good for the wintertime? Well, yeah, not only an excellent Christmas gift, um, but they are just an excellent addition to a backyard feeding program. I spent quite a bit of time watching the birds on these seed logs, and two species, especially the nuthatches, so the red-breasted and the white-breasted nuthatch, and the blue jays, really love to pack. And the peckers, of course. Okay, so we're having a, little... having a really hard time hearing you, Myrna. I'm not sure oh, what's up there. There you are. Uh, is that better? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. So the, the birds love to peck. They love the opportunity to peck. So I watched these little red-breasted nuthatches when they discovered this seed log out at my cabin, just were on it like until the seed log was gone because these birds love to peck. That is their, that's the way they feed. They hack the seeds. And okay. so they will take a sunflower you know, seed and go and hack it on a branch, but peck at these logs and extract all the seeds that are in them. And that's a great thing. The other thing is, because they're in this hard gelatin base, it takes a while for them to extract the seeds. So there's not much waste. And these seed okay, logs last. Do they a long like time. that? Because I have a feeder, and it's one that says it's for nuts, but it's really quite small. Like the holes are small. And it's sort of like you're saying they have to peck at it and break off the nuts out of the feeder. Is that. Do I, am I doing uh, it right? Well, Typically, when you have feeders with very tiny portals, that is so that you can survive the niger seed or sunflower chips, and it's to keep the larger birds from taking those seeds out. So generally, that's why you have the feeders with the tiny portals. But the little nuthatches will peck at it, and they enjoy it. They enjoy doing that. But these seed logs just enable them to freely peck, and so I am a real seed log enthusiast now. I think they're a great, a great addition. Yeah, no kidding, right? And you can just put it out for them, and uh, yeah, because but yeah, this this seed. I'm gonna look at my feeder again, make sure I'm doing it right, because it it has bigger holes. It's not the little one. I have a smaller one for the sunflower chips, and then I have one that's just a one size up. It's a, one of the squirrel buster ones, so okay. when the squirrel can't go in there, and it has a little bit bigger holes, but it, and it says for nuts, so. But it, it, they can't grab a whole one, so they still have to 
almost peck at it sort of thing to to get the food out. So I, I wasn't too sure if, it, yeah. if that is so the, if it the is right a specific, way. Yeah, if it's a specific nut feeder, then they can peck at the bigger pieces and just pull out the little chunks because often that, the nut mixes come in various sizes from very tiny to very large. You mentioned squirrels, so I'd just like to reiterate, I know many people suffer with squirrels in their yard because they will chase off the birds and they just eat so much seed. So these squirrel-proof feeders are excellent, especially the weight-activated ones. They're expensive, but they will save you in the long run because they will exclude the squirrels. They will prevent the squirrel from actually accessing the seed. So it just lands on a perch and its weight pulls down a shroud over the portal. And so they are a genius invention. They really, really do slow down the squirrel, squirrels, squirreling away all your bird seed. Oh, no, and they will. They'll take everything. Actually, and, and Myrna, we got to take another break here. Um, and when we get back, we'll continue chatting birds with Myrna. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Several residents of a hamlet west of Calgary have filed a class action lawsuit against Lafarge's cement plant. They claim the plant is damaging their quality of life due to excessive amounts of dust, noise and odor. Adam Bourdignon is the lawyer representing the suit. He says the purpose of the lawsuit isn't to shut down the plant. The purpose is that we want Lafarge to take proper care in the operation of the cement plant so that they can continue to operate the plant without inconveniencing the nearby community and causing excessive damage to that community. Lafarge hasn't issued a statement of defense yet. The ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas has an Alberta woman worried it could lead to a renewed effort by terrorist groups to recruit young people. Chris Boudreau's son, Damien Claremont, converted to Islam as a teen and died in heavy fighting in 2014 as a member of the militant group Islamic State. She says what's happening now is fuel for those seeking to radicalize youth. It's the same thing with any cult, uh, how you cut people off from their families, from their friendships that they've grown up with, all those strongholds, so that all they have is you. And that's what they all go by the same handbook. It's all the same psychological workings, manipulation. A Calgary imam says Muslim youth are very angry about what's going on and he thinks ongoing protests are a good way for them to blow off steam and stay peaceful. Heavy fighting in the Israel-Hamas conflict is raging across the Gaza Strip. Israeli airstrikes are pounding as far north as the Yarun village near the border with Lebanon as Israeli forces face heavy resistance from militants, even in northern Gaza. But there are new calls for Israel to end the offensive, with entire neighborhoods in Gaza flattened by airstrikes, thousands killed, and Palestinians pleading for food at distribution sites, many coming away empty-handed. This man says... There's no food, no water, no rice. There is nothing. Living conditions are zero. There are still efforts to negotiate another truce, but officials in Qatar say the willingness is less than what it had been before. I'm Jackie Quinn. The children of imprisoned Iranian activist Nargis Mohammadi will be accepting the Nobel Peace Prize on her behalf today in Finland. The 51-year-old was awarded the 2023 Nobel Peace Prize in October for her decades of activism despite numerous arrests by Iranian authorities and spending years behind bars. 
Mohammadi's twin, uh, twin 17-year-old children who live in exile in Paris with their father will be given the award and give the Nobel Peace Prize lecture in their mother's name. Central Tennessee residents and emergency workers are continuing the cleanup from severe storms and tornadoes that killed six people and sent more to the hospital. Government officials confirmed that three people died after a tornado struck a community north of Nashville near the Kentucky state line yesterday afternoon. In sports, bad luck last night for the Flames when they hosted New Jersey. They lost 4-2 to the Devils. Next door in BC, Elias Peterson's goal in the third period snapped a 3-3 tie and lifted the Vancouver Canucks to a 4-3 win yesterday over the visiting Carolina Hurricanes. And today, the Oilers host the Devils in a 2 o'clock game. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly sunny, the high reaching 4 today, a 60% chance of flurries tonight with a low of minus 4. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy and minus 4. It's plus 1 at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. And I am here with Terry Kemper and Myrna Pierman. We just have a couple more things we're going to chat about quickly and uh, and then get on to some bit of plant questions. Uh, Myrna, you have a, a book, and I believe we have it in the store. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I wrote a book called Backyard Bird Feeding and Alberta Guide uh, back in 2015. And it is a Canadian bestseller. All the proceeds go to Ellis Bird Farm, the profits in the book. And it is available, yes, I hope you have it in your store. And it's available also at wild bird stores across the province. And so, yeah, it's called Backyard Bird Feeding and Alberta Guide. It's got everything in it you need to know about setting up and maintaining an effective bird feeding program. When, When do you consider a bird to be a new species in Alberta? Like, does it have to stick around for... Like three years or two years or what What would be the criteria of of a new bird like you were saying that one marlin it sticks around now is that well, is there certain criteria yeah so it was always here in the summer but it just oh, okay. ended up staying yeah but I do we do have an exciting new rarity uh, that was up near Breton it was called a yellow-throated warbler it was only the third record in the province and it stuck around in the same backyard feeding on sunflower chips as well as flies that it could find up on the side of the buildings. But it stayed from October 22nd to November 15th. Very excited. So it's called a yellow-throated warbler, and it typically is down in the Florida area, down in the southeastern states. And why it was in uh, hanging around Breton for so long is anybody's guess, but it was It was on the wrong... Yeah, I was on the wrong flight. He was like that guy sitting on the old commercial. Yeah. We're going to Hawaii, and he thought that they ended up in Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably kind of the same thing, Florida versus yeah. Breton versus Florida. But it, yeah, was, it did very well. And oh, well, almost 100 people came to see this bird. And it was a true rarity because, of course, they document rare birds in Alberta. And this was the only, the third record of it ever being seen in the province. Well, and I think Alberta in the wintertime, because we don't have a lot of foliage, lots of deciduous trees, um, the birds stick out quite nicely. Like, it's not great for them, maybe if there's predators, but for bird watchers, it is kind of nice 
um, that you can see the the birds in a lot of the branches or or different places or flying in our sky. Um, it, it is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And but our birds that stay the winter in these areas that are barren are well adapted. They're very alert. They have communications between each other of the same species and even different species. So the chickadees will, for example, listen to the nuthatches. And if the nuthatch issues a warning sign, then the, the chickadees pay heed, and they will oh, okay. then respond accordingly. So these Take birds off. have it figured out. They're pretty. It's incredible that they can survive our cold winters. No, absolutely. Well, we, we're up here too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But also when we and we do talk about the seed and and we've all bought those cheap bags of seed and stuff like that. We we carry the chinrid seeds, which are great, um, and they have a good variety of of different bird mixes, things like that. So what's the difference? Like, so if someone's going to feed their birds, like between a like a like sort of a, a bargain brand compared to like the chinrid seeds. Right. So the big difference is the junk that's put in. So it's very easy to grow millet, or sorry, milo, for example. It's quite cheap. Okay. And milo and grain sorghum, and then throwing in cereal grains like wheat and oats, and other than you know grouse or pheasants, none of our backyard birds feed on this. So basically, it's just wasted. It is just comp- so it's cheaper, but it ends up on your lawn. So in the end, it pays to buy the good mixes that uh, Mother Nature's has, and because you're going to have less waste. No, and I know that from the sunflower, I'll get the odd sunflower, I think from the squirrel or somebody puts it into my planters. I got some of the nicest sunflowers in my planters this right. year because they the birds planted them or the or the squirrel did. But you don't, I have nothing growing on the ground because they they go down and they'll the sparrows or whoever feeds off the ground and the other birds eat them from the feeder so it's kind of they all work together but you don't get any waste like yeah and the the waste is minimal uh, yeah so it really does pay to get the better seed mixes absolutely yeah no absolutely no and we've been dealing with chin ridge for for a number of years and uh we've been very happy with uh with the supply because they're uh, an alberta i believe company are they not yes out of Tabor, a family-owned business out of Tabor, and their seed quality is very high. They're very careful about cleaning, and they don't put in the, the junk mixes. And so we used their product for years at uh, Ellis Bird Farm, years and years. And okay. so I'm very happy to be their resident naturalist now and <coughs> be able to share the, the wonderful uh, joy of watching okay. backyard birds and feeding them. Okay, and we have Wayne. We'll just uh, we'll finish up with Wayne. Wayne has a question for you, Myrna. Good morning, Wayne. Yeah, it's Wayne. Uh, my question is: if oh, you were talking about you were talking about rare birds. Uh, if you spot a rare bird, can you take a picture? And is there some place you can send the picture to that somebody can identify it? Yes, that is a very good question. You do absolutely need to get a picture. It doesn't have to be super good quality, as long as it's decent quality. And if you just Google Alberta Rare Bird Committee, you can okay. just, yeah, you just Google that and they will give you the form that you fill in and send in and and uh, they will pursue it. They will follow up and then confirm it and then it goes into the official record. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. You bet. 
Awesome. Yeah. So if you do happen to see those uh, rare birds and and certain things, like even those doves, I thought they were just kind of rare. Than what you told me. No, no, they're around all the time. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to to see them and and then identify them um, from the books as well. So, anyways, yeah. thank you so much, Myrna. I appreciate your time, and uh, maybe give your 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 website as well if uh, people yes, want to see. Yeah, MyrnaPierman.com. And sure, and I also, people can get the book off my website as well. And thanks to you, Merle, and I'm glad your company promotes the birds and backyard bird feeding, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. It's a big part of gardening, so anyway, thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a great holiday season. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, pretty interesting stuff, Terry. Yeah, very. Yeah, I always learn... um, new stuff when I listen to Myrna so <clears throat> you have a and you have a great um yard for lots of uh lots of uh, different uh birds in your with your amount of foliage and trees that you have in your yard as well so you must get a good uh good array of birds out there yeah we do um we've uh <clears throat> kind of like we're doing at the store we found we're getting a lot of sparrows <clears throat> yeah so I've held back a little bit uh this year uh, just trying to get them out of that routine. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm not actively feeding them right now. But there is lots to eat out there uh, because I leave the seed heads on things. Um, you see lots of birds in the yard still, but uh, not yeah. actually. And you, and you don't want to put peanuts at your place because when I did stop by there, you have some monster squirrels. We got, like, I think, some, uh... yeah, the size of cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I go, is that a cat up in the tree? No, it's a, just a big squirrel. Yeah. It's kind of fun. All right, I think Steve's still on the line. Let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, uh, can you uh, tell me I'm calling on behalf of other people? Uh, uh, do you have uh, Santa Claus with his whip and reindeer, and do you have uh, Mary, baby, Joseph uh, uh, in a manger and uh, <coughs> nativity uh, scenes. Have lots of choices. Uh, please be specific if you can. Yeah, we we definitely. I think we do have a few nativity scenes. I I will. I can text and I can mention it after. I'll text uh, Suzanne. She looks after all that merchandising of all that. Um, but let me. Let me see what we have, and I will definitely mention because I know we we do try to bring in quite a few different varieties of the nativity scenes because uh, I I do like that part of uh, Christmas as well to see those. And so let me let me let me chat with Suzanne Hero just over text, and I'll see what we have in stock. Bird homes. I uh, just want to mention two things: the uh, water for the bird feeders may not be a good idea sometimes. A seagull froze overnight when it was very cold because they stayed, they didn't move, they froze overnight. And secondly, making a home for these birds, uh, I did that for myself, not that anyone, because I'm uh, pretty cheap. I took the tubing of a carpet roll that was 14 made holes and uh, put uh, lollipop sticks underneath the holes I made in it and uh, put some uh, uh, something inside to uh, keep the birds warm and 
they use that all uh, all winter uh, underneath the roof uh, overhang uh, to get awesome. out of the uh, cold air, just so that people know there are there are ways of uh, getting uh, bird uh, uh, homes that are not uh, fifty four dollars. Yeah, they're a little each. less expensive, and we we do have the cardboard tubes and things like that. So that's a great idea. All right. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for sharing. And uh, I'll mention if uh, Suzanne gets back to me on the nativity scene inventory down at Spruce It Up. Thank you so much. Yes, please do. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And I actually got a call or a text from, uh, and I should have got this before. And I'm trying to remember how to get rid of magpies. And that's a tough one. They can be pretty diligent. Um, and they, I, I think they're pretty smart bird though. Hey, Terry, I think from what I understand, like they oh, yeah. seem to catch on to whatever's going on. So they, they, it's to outwit them, I think is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I've had, uh, experience with magpies in the yard and I find it, it kind of comes in waves. They'll be around for a while and then they sort of disappear, but they are, they are very clever for sure. Yeah, no, I seem when I was feeding the, um, definitely, um, when I was feeding this, the blue jays, they would definitely, um, be around as well, <clears throat> but they are a protected animal as well. So where we'd never recommend shooting them or anything like that. Um, yeah, we, we, yeah, just, uh, I'm trying to look through some ideas. Um, the best deterrent, one decoy to utilize is hanging old CDs. And this is from Alberta wildlife. Um, hang the old CDs and they spin around and uh, in the wind and that that maybe will help scare them away a little bit um, but yeah they're, they're ones I think adapt pretty good I think I've even seen videos them or crows that talk so um, they're, they're an intelligent bird that you're going to have to deal with we're going to take a quick break and we get back if you'd like to join Terry and I we'll get back onto the gardening uh, train and phone number is 403-974-8255. If you'd like to join us, phone lines will be wide open. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered out in the tree lot with Terry Kemper. And got a couple texts I was gonna have a quick look at on on the on the trees. So Terry, what uh did you do any gardening this past week at all or you, you got anything planned? No, I didn't. I was doing uh, a bunch of traveling this past week, so I um haven't been outside uh for a week and a bit here. Okay. I- I do plan on doing a little snow farming this afternoon, though. So hopefully, get out yeah, there. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's a perfect time for that because there is some good moisture in the in the uh, snow that we did get. I had a little brain melt down there for a second, but in the in the <laughs> snow that we did get, it was fairly heavy, so it had a good moisture content. Yeah, there's a text I, here. Go ahead, Terry. No, and I got a few things out there that that are a little more on the tender side. So the the more protection I can give them, uh, the better. Um, for the most part, it's it's all zone hardy. But there's a few things I push the zone on. So I like to give those things a little extra 
with uh, yeah, I, some snow. I planted farms. a few um, yuccas right along the edge. They're kind of in the wide open, so they can take it drier. But I've been shoveling some snow on them as well, right. just to try and get them rooted in nicely. I've got a text here for you, Terry. It says, "Hey, Merle," but I'm going to pass this off to Terry. I'm curious how to tell what is new growth and what was last year's haul on raspberries. I've heard and read about gray stems being last year's, but the stems to mine all look the same that I can tell, which is which. Are there different types of raspberries, perhaps? What do you think, Terry? Yeah, so they might have ones that are um, the traditional um, raspberries uh, are the ones that uh, produce on the, the previous year's canes, right? And then you can tell the difference between the color between the two. Uh, there's another okay. <coughs> uh, uh, variety called Primo Cane, which pretty much um, will produce on the current season's growth. So usually you'll find that um, come spring, the uh, the new growth emerges, uh, and that's what you're uh, seeing the berries produced on is that new growth. So they might have the Primo Cane type. Okay. Hopefully that helps you, Drew. Um, <coughs> and here's another magpie hey merle the best way to handle magpies is to trap them then go release them in rural areas the traps work extremely well and that's from mike so thanks for that yeah you can get yourself a decent little uh and this honestly works for magpies there's another one the fake crows ah paint some white collar similar to the magpies hang them hang upside down by the feet on your tree they will go away as they don't want to end up like that. <laughs> oh, nice. Sort of a little deterrent. Hey, <laughs> don't be coming around. You're going to end up like this fake magpie. <laughs> Hang it up. That's interesting because they're pretty smart. They do see it and they're like, hey, do I want to risk it? There's a 50 yeah. 50 chance if I go in there, I'm going to end up hanging. So, all right. Well, that's. Uh, and, and no one gets hurt by doing that, but it is it definitely adds for the conversation when people come over. <laughs> hey? It, it, and this is sorry, what, uh, from JJ. He hangs a – he gets a fake crow. A fake crow, And he okay. hangs them. Yeah, and you can get those. And I have seen them at the dollar store, and he says that as well. He gets from the, so he paints the little white things to make them look like magpies, paint magpies. the little white markings on them, and then hang them upside down by the feet. And uh, on your tree branch, and they'll go away as they don't want to end up like the same. And he said, this honestly works. And that's from JJ. So Interesting. Um, yeah, no, and, and that's a good one because no one gets yeah. hurt. And like no, I said, no I think done, that's no. – Yeah, and I think that's uh, – and that's a fun one. And if anything, um, when you have guests over and they're looking out in your tree and you have this <laughs> upside-down fake – crow painted like a uh, a magpie yeah (laughs) if they don't answer if they don't ask you you just kind of get to chuckle inside because you know that they're thinking about it right (laughs) (laughs) and they're just afraid to ask you because they don't want to know what you're up to anyways um too funny um so anyways i appreciate that and if anybody else has any other good ones um please um send them to us that would be great love to love to hear and uh and and see any of that kind of stuff with the with the different magpies 
and in different ways. But you know what? And they all, um, I love seeing the big crows, right? But they can be, like, and they always seem to come out when you're camping or something. They'll be when you're out in the tent or whatever. That's when those big crows will come out at uh, at five in the morning, right above your tent, always. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But they are pretty cool to see. Like, you look at them and you can just, they're thinking, right? Like, they're just, like, they're, you can just tell that that crow has something going on in its head, right? Like, it's not, uh, it's not just, uh, it's, it's not just, not uh, just hanging out there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, actually, I just got a video of someone sent in of a, of a squirrel hanging upside down trying to get at this Christmas display. It's kind of a blurry picture, but it's, uh, anyways, it's, they sent text to us, Terry, so you can have a look at that as well. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, that keeps, oh, it's to keep this, the squirrels away from the suet. They hang these, um, Christmas balls above it. So it can't, go on top with the with the wire so it tries to get on these things so it kind of creates like the what's that uh show the great american ninja when they when the guys have to run over those obstacle courses it looks like that you know when they have to run over the water and they got oh, yeah, yeah. some of those things it looks like this squirrel trying to do that but it, it's not able to do it so um that's pretty cool Anyways, thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break here for the news. When you get back, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper as well. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And Brian and Riva from out at uh, Belly Acres, they go, Morning, gents. Great show as always. Wondering if you could tell Mike we have all his trap and release magpies here at Bell Acres if he wants them back. <laughs> so I think they live out on the in the rural area where maybe some of those get released. So he's saying if you want them back, he's uh, more than happy to to accommodate that as well for you. All right, and we do have Mary on the line. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. My comment is also about the trap and release. Uh, okay. I find it very disrespectful to think that they can release them in the rural areas. Magpies are a problem for our areas too. So yeah, I, no, they can be a bit invasive. Say that is very disrespectful. All right, I'm pass that on a hundred percent. And what uh, do you have any thoughts on how to deal with them, or how you? Well, I was not aware that they were a protected species. To tell you the truth. Yeah, that was just something I read when I googled how to get rid of magpies. Okay. It can came you, up that they you, were. Per- can you tell me? whether it's true that birds cannot burp because someone told me if you take big dog food and put baking soda on it that that deters them because they they eat them and basically get sick is that okay does that sound real i'm not too sure i can uh, i can text myrna and ask her if she's still (laughs) listening and uh find out so we're gonna kill them with burping or hurt or to deter them with burping yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Or with, yeah, well, with I, not burping. Apparently, they can't burp, and that yeah. them. So I don't know how true that is. 
Yeah, I'm not too sure either. All right, Mary. Well, I will. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not sure how we deal with uh, with the birds. Let Mother Nature. It seems to work in in ways that uh, we did try to deter them away from our our places. But uh, Mary doesn't want you trapping them and dropping them off at her house either. So, so you and right. you and Brian are on the same boat there, Mary. That's right. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right. Just take him to Terry's house. What's your address, Terry? You're at 151 <laughs> High River Ave. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I got enough uh, uh, I got enough uh, critters that uh, uh, keep me busy. So, Absolutely. I, we good. got uh, a, t- a text here regarding a lemon tree, which I've had yep. this happen three I or four times. One. Yeah, this is one actually we should we didn't answer and it was from October, but they retexted, which is nice. So thank you for for being patient. I think I see um, your lemon tree look like that too. Yes, my lemon tree has looked like that. It says <laughs> I have a lemon tree that I transplanted. It grew like crazy. I put it outside for the summer and it thrived. Got oodles of blooms. I brought it inside, and last week. So this is at the end of October, and all the blooms fallen off. I don't see even one lemon starting. I got only one last year. What should I do to help this lemon tree? And have the best light in the house. I did scrape off what looked to be whitish mold on the top of the soil. So that tells me either you're watering with really hard water or possibly salt water. So um, try to get a little bit better water. And the pot you have, um, it, it actually looks like it looks like it was a hanging basket at one time. It, like it looks pretty decent. Um, I would just trim off any of those brown branches. When I water my lemon tree, I would give it a really good. I would put that whole thing right in the sink if you can, and water it thoroughly. That's where mine really took off. Like it's hard to do it. I can't do it in the summer, or I mean in the winter as much because I have it in a too big of a pot to lift up. Um, but in the summer, like before I brought it in. I flushed it three or four times, and it looks like that pot is is small enough where you can still get into a sink or a bathtub quite easily. And just when you water it, water it so the water goes all the way through, like fill it up like five or six times, get those roots nice and hydrated, and I would feed it after that with 30-10-10. I would feed it probably once a month, and you should see some good growth. Put it in, in a good bright window, any of those brown branches that you have on there, just cut those off because that's taking energy away. It's trying to revive those old branches. And so just prune those off, and I would think you're going to see some good growth. Our days are coming up where they're going to be the shortest days of the of the year here on the 21st, and then our days start getting longer again, which is great news already so we can deal with that at that point but that's what i would do with that lemon tree is give it a really good 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 watering um ensure that you're watering maybe try if you have a water softener maybe make sure you're not using that water if you can um i'm trying to think what else terry any a, any thoughts on that i was going to ask your thought it looks like it's, i'm looking at the picture right now it looks like it's in a plastic pot uh, i know yours is in clay a clay pot do you have any thoughts on them being in a plastic pot versus a clay pot? I I do personally, but when we get all of them in from the nursery, they're all grown in plastic pots and they plastic. go quite well. So I, I yeah. did, I do agree. Like they do, like when we do sell them, like they do prefer 
the um the clay pox it helps them dry out because the clay actually pulls some of the moisture out of the, some soil. Of the moisture out, yeah yeah so i would uh um do that as well and if you can transplant it into a nice clay pot but on that one there like i said give it a really good thorough watering and you should be good to go and i do have a caller on the line actually why don't i just take a quick break renee and then we'll we'll get back to the caller right after that. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, or Let's Talk Birds, or as Renee says, it's birded up for the rest of the show. And we got... Uh, Tracy on the line. Good morning, Tracy. Hi. Good morning. Happy holidays, Merle. Um, yeah, I happy just holidays to you as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if I have time, I'd just like to get into quick topics. Uh, one on the corvids or our crows, magpies, and um, yeah. <clears throat> the other one on um, squirrels. I, I've got a really harmonious um, community in my backyard. We live in Lakeview. So we've got a yep. lot of old established trees. We're close to a weasel head. I have an abundance of birds. Um, I'm a feeder, so we keep everything in the front and backyards. So first of all, when it comes to our corvids, I think it's 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 obviously upsetting for me to hear anybody I want to engage in any animal maltreatment and abuse. Like totally you know, agree. Yeah, just all these things that were said. Um, it, it's it's like so often people don't like what they're not familiar with. And quite honestly, I know it may seem like a stretch, but it's no different than racism. Um, when people aren't familiar, they don't understand. Um, they're not tolerant. And so what I see so often is like, oh, I hate these magpies. I hate these ravens. But, you know, when you get to know them, I have the most incredible community that we've gotten to know in our own neighborhood is as with many of our neighbors so for example if i'm like a lazy daisy and i haven't been out feeding they know where my bedroom window is they'll come and there's a little perch there and they'll stand and they'll tap on my window they'll wait at the door in the morning and they'll hop with me out to the feeders <clears throat> they're very social they have a family structure the same as ours they have family reunions they come back at the same time on my calendar every year and gather and you'll all of a sudden see all these magpies everywhere or rave not not ravens but the magpies yep and so it must be christmas time for them or whatever they yeah, are whatever right? for whatever reason they're doing it no yeah. we have this one that comes by and i know what you mean um and i was maybe a bit again not against the magpie but you know kind of like hey those are a pain in the butt right sure um but since I've been hanging out with my Blue Jays in the backyard, and maybe it's mm -hmm. getting over 50 years old now, you appreciate things different. We have this magpie that comes up, and he has this little chin thing that sticks out of his chin, so you know which one he is. And I can't remember what my wife called him, but she names them now. So this one's the chin. I can't remember what his name is, but he comes up. Anyways, it's it, it's kind of funny. Like, but I you could definitely that's what I was saying to Terry earlier. They're they're smart. Like these, these birds oh. are incredibly smart. And, and so, Mara, one of the things I do is I will put, um, and, I, and I really want to, I'm going to kind of go quick so I can get this in, yep. is I will, I, I purposely feed in my backyard. 
so towards the house where I want to see my ravens and my magpies and corvids and all the woodpeckers we have here, I want to see, and, and, and all the sparrows, all of them. I don't do this. You're not getting fed. This hole's too big for you. I just put out abundance. But what I'll also put for the magpies is I'll put like the pop top lids. They're shiny. I'll put marbles or stones or pretty things out in amongst the feed and they'll take them. But when I went to have my roof done this spring, the guy was up on my roof and he's like, what is all this? My whole roof was covered in screws, pop top lids, like not from mine, <laughs> marbles and stones from everybody, you know, their water fountains. So they're bringing me back gifts and they have a spot on my desk <laughs> where I always find things, toys, animated figures. And so like there's a natural <laughs> communication, there's a relationship with birds that are you know there are the most intelligent um and so i think when people start to see that then they can appreciate them because they can have relationship like we do with dogs and cats now with the squirrels because i have so many feeders i'm just going to add one thing on the magpies real quick i think they're scavengers so there's some things you can do to keep the stuff away too like make sure your garbage is put away keep your lids down things like that because they are scavenger birds so they do and i think once they get Mm -hmm. a hold of that um i think if you if we spend a little extra time making sure the lids are shut don't leave something lying around the yard too much i think that'll help as well so let's move on to squirrels because i feed right um, yeah, and so yeah. they have no need to go into the neighbor's garbage when they can just come and eat, you know, walnuts. <laughs> but with the squirrels, <laughs> what I do is I purposely... What's your address? <laughs> I know, right? I purposely feed the squirrels what they love at the back of the yard. I don't want them near my house. I don't want them yep. making a mess. You know, they'll chew light strings and ugh. So what I do is they're at the back and I keep huge amounts of nuts. So they can just, you know, fill their cute little cheeks and take off up the wires. I don't have a problem. And one of the gardeners years ago from the Hort Society had said, remember, squirrels are smart. And anywhere that they last see you plant, they know to go there. And I guess in nature, they actually will observe the other squirrels, like putting their food away. And before they're finished, their last food store, like say into the tree or the dirt or wherever they're putting it, the last one is a fake. There's nothing. Because then the other squirrels will go to the last place they were and they're like, darn, I thought I saw them put, you know, nuts in here. So the squirrels do that to each other. So when we replicate that natural behavior and the last place we touch in the garden should have nothing in it. So whenever I garden, and Marilla, you probably don't remember, but I have a luscious yard i'll go somewhere and dig some stuff up and i'll ruffle some stuff around or i'll i'll just go to a pot that has nothing i care about in all the time i don't have any squirrel problems and i have like 24 trees and hundreds of plants and so they're fed i don't ever let them see me digging where i don't want them or I don't end there, right? I end yeah. in an empty so pot or the pot with my So men. you've created a relationship and you've paid mm-hmm. some attention to what, what kind of works. So I, I think you're on the right track. So yeah. it's, and and I don't think know. we're going to get rid like, it, it, and it can ruin your day if you get too consumed with anything, right? Like uh-huh. if, you have, if you have that much hate on something, I, I and I've seen people like it just drives them crazy. 
So I think yeah, trying to live what you're saying else, is harmonious. I think that's the that's the best way. Yeah, and just you know that gardener that um, you know I don't I don't know if it was Kathy or who it was that told me oh just do this and I've been doing it ever since. I'm like, damn. All these things I've done and wires, so like, are you, you, you know, got to fake them out plant. with one last fake planting. That's the, one, that's the key. Just go and dig up somewhere because that's where they're going to go <laughs> to and watch them. They're going to go right there. So, anyways, there oh, you go. Awesome. I think if nothing awesome. else, um, yeah, like you said, harmony with nature and appreciate what we have. So, thanks so much. Yep. Thank thanks you so much. Time. Okay. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Thanks for calling. Thanks for sharing. Take care. Bye bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Quick reminder, Santa and the reindeer are down at Spruce It Up today till 4 o'clock. So if you want to go down for a visit, get a picture taken. He's there with the reindeer. And we do have some hot chocolate and a few snacks. So uh, hopefully uh, I'm heading down in an hour or so right after the show and uh yeah have a chat and uh if you see me around say hi love to see you and we're gonna go to the phone line real quick we're gonna go to tim good morning tim hey good morning thanks for taking my call um of course i have a question i have a ficus audrey and i'd like to do some cuttings and make some new plants from it okay and my, my question is this. I'm, I'm, uh, I hope I'm in the right field here with you, not that, that it's an indoor yeah. plant and stuff. So, um, Absolutely. So I, I've heard a couple of ways on how this is supposed to look, so I just wanted to ask for some clarification. So if I'm going to take the cutting from the current plant, and then I would need to, like, I need, I would cut it in the middle of two nodes, and then I would have count one node, two node, and then do another cut after the second node, and then uh, have a leaf in between that those two nodes. Does that sound right so far? Yeah, you kind of want one or two nodes above where the last one is. And I typically try to go just below one of the nodes, and then I pull off the last bottom brand, bottom leaf. I dip that okay. one in into a rooting hormone. And for a, if you're getting a new growth on the Audrey, Ficus Audrey, you could probably use a number one rooting hormone. Um, dip it into that, go into a nice light soil, um, keep it a little bit moist for a couple of weeks to to get some roots going. But uh, they they actually root up fairly fairly easy, so you should be able to do it that way. So okay, now the only question then that I have is I, that where I kind of hear too is like I hear that just the bottom end of the stem, like the cutting, should go into water, and the top end should stay exposed, or or into soil, whatever that looks like. Yes, or some people do like put- doing them in water. I have never really done a lot of cuttings I, I, besides like pothos or I find some of the other wood ones like Audrey's and certain things, I find they rot a bit more, but I see it all the time. People are doing cuttings all the time just in water. So I guess I, I just haven't done it that way. I've always been more of a rooting hormone into soil guy. Um, yeah. Maybe tr- if you can, if you have an Audrey with a few branches, maybe try a couple different methods and see which one works best, and uh, and share with us. Do you, do you put both ends though? Like, so do you put the bottom and the top end of the stem in in the dirt or in the water? Or no, do just the... just the bottom, just the bottom. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, same yeah, in yeah. the dirt, right? Because I'd like to do yep. the dirt. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. Just right into nice soil. When we have a seedling mix that it's really quite porous, it works really well for that. So um, yeah. So just dip into a little rooting hormone, and and get a little like you can get a little plastic tree. Don't get too big of a pot. So you want to start with something like those smaller, like inch or two um, size pots, and uh, that way you can water it and it can still dry out in between, without oh, getting yeah. just totally soggy. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and uh, let me know how it goes, and maybe try one just sitting in water and uh, and then try a few in the soil, and let's see which ones work the best. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks All right. for your time. Thanks, Tim. Have a good day. Bye. All right, take care. All right, and we still got a few more, and this Terry said the audio vault is not working for this morning's program. It'll come on. Our show typically comes on after the show, and then you can see it on the podcasts and that after. Um, so I'm not sure if the audio vault works the same way, but I know on the podcast they typically do that. And got a couple of the bird things, but a lot of people just said, hey, great conversation. I agree. We had some both sides of it covered, Terry. And I know we didn't get to a lot of plant questions, but we'll get back to plants next week. And uh, Terry and I will be here answering all your calls at, right here on sure QR Calgary. Sure. All right. Thanks, Terry. Take care. Right. Okay. Bye-bye.